Welcome to the Sevo Show. We are here with Bailey Saltmarsh, a young, very successful woman with a lot of accolades already. But uh, without further ado, I'm just going to introduce you and away you go. So Bailey Saltmarsh, welcome and thanks for being here. And thanks for being the first female on the uh, Real Intimate rebranding session. How do you feel? I'm feeling very honoured. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I really do appreciate uh, you inviting me on. I'm always looking for ways to share my journey and to share what I'm about. So this is perfect. I'm really excited to get going. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. So <laughs> what is happening? What's what's What do you do? Where, where have you come from? What What's the goss? So I'm a Perth girl, born and raised here. And I've lived a very active lifestyle. I was uh, competing at a national level when I was little with um, running and athletics. Soon after, injury took me down and I started ballet and I left school to do full-time ballet. So I was pursuing that as my career. And then I was like, "Mm, no, not for me. (laughs) And then I found Pilates. But it's also, funny enough, weird, my breast implants that guided me to Pilates. I, um, that took me to a time where I felt really disconnected from my body and I was like, okay, what can I do to kick my ass into gear again, really? And that was when it came into the picture and that's all I do now. So it's my passion. I live and breathe it, teach it, practice. Yeah. So just a bit of a perspective of the timeline when you, how old were you when you got your breast implants? I was 18 years old. I got them in a month before my 19th birthday and The reason being, I had been bullied from a very young age for being really slim. I was always very petite and very lean. And then the bullying didn't stop when I left primary school. It certainly didn't stop when I got to high school. It got worse. And um, I just had people left, right and center being like, you'd be attractive if like you actually looked like a girl or you've got a boy's name. So you should just be a boy. Like you look like one anyway. And then... That's part of the reason why I decided to leave school and do ballet. I found it as a way out because the bullying was really bad and they probably don't realize that they would never know how much it impacted me. But then it wasn't, um, soon after I met my first boyfriend. So I was 17 and fell hard and fast in love. He wasn't the most faithful. (laughs) And, um, again, I would find things out about him being with other girls or just being unfaithful with other girls that were voluptuous and just everything that I wanted to be. So that was an indicator. I was like, okay, if the person that's meant to love me still doesn't think that I'm enough or I'm not desirable where he has to go elsewhere, then I never will be. And then I moved to Sydney to model. Um, Again, this is all when I was 18 now. And I, um, had a very athletic build, like I said, still um, really athletic. And I would book my dream jobs. And being in a big city, I was like, okay, this is awesome. I'd get to the job, shoot all the stuff, like all the clothes. And then as soon as it got to the active wear, the say lingerie, the bathers, they dropped me from the jobs because I didn't look flattering in their bikinis or their crop tops or anything like that. So it went back to my agent and they pulled me in for a meeting. And they said, this is why you're not doing well. You don't really fit into a box. You're athletic, but then you don't have the cup size to look nice. But then you're not slim enough to be an editorial model. So I didn't know where I fit in. So I was like, okay. He pitched the idea to get a breast augmentation, so breast implants. So the day I moved home from Sydney, I went to my consult. 
Um, and then two weeks later they were in. So it happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then the first 10 days of having them in was absolutely excruciating. I just remember it took about four people to move me from one side of the bed to the other because my skin was so tight that I, I felt like I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move. The moment I engaged like my stomach muscles, everything just was so painful. It literally felt like, oh, I, I can't even like explain it really. And the journey is going to be different for everyone. The process is different for everyone, but it, I just remember being the worst thing. And then after the 10 day mark, I started to feel a bit better. I then noticed one of my wounds had split through the stitches and there was yellow gunk coming out of it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. Sent a photo to my friend and I was like, okay, does this look nice? Does this look normal? And she was like, okay, definitely not. Um, and she took me straight to my surgeon. He took me into a room and um, just put local anesthesia in and removed the scar tissue that had formed, cleaned the side of the implant that he could see, and then stitched me back up and said, okay, don't shower for five days. And then um, we'll do a checkup in a five days. I woke up on that fifth morning, literally did everything by the book, everything. Woke up on that fifth morning and I woke up with my t-shirt drenched in pus on both sides. And then I couldn't move. I just felt like my body was really warm. I couldn't I was just felt really unwell. And what had happened is both wounds had split through the stitches. Both of them were severely infected. Went in to see him. I was like, I don't feel good. This doesn't look nice. So like, I don't know if this is how it's meant to be, but I didn't know. And then um, he took me straight through emergency and I had emergency surgery. And that was the day before my 19th birthday. Um, so this all happened very quickly. So within a month, I had three procedures. And then I was in hospital... And uh, he put drains in. So he ended up saving the implants. The procedure he did that time was he took them out, scrubbed them, put them back in, put drains in just to drain the fluid. And then from there, I was in hospital for a week with the um, cannula in and constant pump of antibiotics. I was taking a lot of tablet antibiotics and I just was so out of it. And I was lying in hospital. I was like, this beauty's pain. That's what we're told, right? And that's what got me through. I'm like, it's all going to be worth it because this is just what I have to go through to then be beautiful, to then be womanly, to like beauty's pain. I just kept telling myself that. And then one week, one week passed and I was meant to be discharged and then my wounds split again. So they made a judgment and to just pump me with more antibiotics. And I was in hospital for quite a few weeks after that. And, um, it was just so, so uncomfortable and just, just sitting in a room, just constantly, like I made the decision. So I was just sitting in there, just ticking over, like, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And it wasn't for me, but I was like, no, but I need to do this because the people around me who were meant to love me, AKA my boyfriend at the time, he didn't like, I wasn't enough for him. So this is just what I had to keep going through. So I stuck it out and then they ended up discharging me. My partner dumped me as soon as I got out of hospital. So that was great. But um, I went home and I had the pick line in. So that's a wire that goes through your body. It's about 1.5 metres long and it's just a uh, constant pump of antibiotics. I had that in for quite a few months, meaning I couldn't leave my house 
for a few months because the nurse would come between seven and five and you don't know what time they're coming. So then you're just stripped of any freedom whatsoever. And then um, once the pick line was removed and they said that the wounds were finally healed and I was safe to like get back to work and get back to my normal life, my body was just literally wrecked. I had never really struggled with any mental health or serious health issues before. And then like a little bit of anxiety growing up, but nothing crazy. And then after the pick line was removed and I tried to find another job and get back on my feet, I started to experience chronic fatigue. So like I said, exercise is my life. I would put my shoes on in my room and fall asleep trying to tie my laces. I'd go to the bathroom to do my hair and just sit on the floor and fall asleep against a wall. Same thing would happen on the toilet. I'd go to the toilet and then I'll just fall asleep on the toilet. My mum would be like, come on, Bailey. And then um, that's why I did my Pilates course because I started thinking I'm being a bit weak. Why am I, why am I like this? I should be getting my life back on track. Like, why can't I, why can't I put that next step forward? So I was like, okay, all I know is that I know I can push myself. So I said, I'm going to enroll in something, just get my oomph back, just to get that bit of drive and that bit of spark inside of me back because I felt so physically and mentally just dead. And then um, that's when I did my course and the course went for about 10 months. And I can say that it wasn't until the end of that 10 months when I finally passed my exam that I remember being happy. So that's about a year of feeling just nothing but depression. I remember when I started my new job, I didn't really know the people I was working with, but on my days off, I'd go sit in there with them because I didn't want to be alone. And then I, at the time I was young, I didn't know that that is depression. I didn't know that you could experience those feelings from plastic surgery. On I didn't know the harmful effects of breast implants. I didn't know the harmful effects of ongoing antibiotics and the general anesthetic and things like that. Just the trauma that your body goes through. I had no idea that that could impact your mental health. And then I entered Miss Universe Australia. I And how old are you then? I was almost 20. Yep. Yeah. So this is about a year after my surgery, the original one. And um, yeah, so I was almost 20. And again, I entered because I needed to find that spark again. And I just wanted to push myself out of this rut. Like I just felt like it was something that I couldn't escape. I was just like, what can I do to just put myself out there again? And I remember I loved performing. I love competition. I love I know it sounds bad, but I love to be on top. Like I know I'm like I'm worthy of that. I know I'm capable of that, but I felt like it was so far away and I couldn't just quite grasp it. So that's why I entered Miss Universe Australia and I moved to Victoria away from my family, away from my support. And that was probably the best thing I could have ever done for myself because it forced me to just find my feet and just to get on with life on my own. Mm. And then I... Remember, we had to do a bikini segment and I still didn't feel confident in my skin. I'm like, everything I've been through, I'm like, I've got implants now. That's what I wanted. Had to parade around a bikini. I remember just bawling my eyes out after that heat because I was just like, this doesn't feel like me. Anyway, got through, competed at nationals and came forth nationally. And I just remember being really proud of myself. Um, and then again, that gratification would last a little bit and then it would just 
dissipate and disappear and go away. And then more issues just started to come up. So I, I guess over the last few years, I've been band-aiding what has been underlying. Mm. And I find instant gratification from, say, doing things like Miss Universe Australia to try and make myself feel good. But I know internally that there's other stuff I need to work through. And yeah. What do you, what do you think that is? I think plastic surgery, speaking from obviously my experience and a lot of others that I've heard, all stems from self-worth. That's a massive one. And um, I guess I've experienced quite a lot of rejection. And I think that that also impacts your self-worth. So it all ties to that. Um, and I'm trying to think. How old are you now? I'm 24. You're 24. Yeah. When, when all the surgery was behind you mm. and all the visitings and all the months of being at home, what does your body feel like now? Over the years, so it started off with the chronic fatigue, the depression, the anxiety. It, then I've got autoimmune. So my body's also just fighting itself every day anyway. And um, that's caused now a lot of brain fog. My gut issues have gotten a lot worse. I'm now experiencing bodily rashes really randomly and um, food intolerances have gotten a lot worse. And it could be a conjunction of the breast implants, um, breast implant illness and other external factors. But um, I guess the implant augmentation was definitely the pivotal point that things started to get worse. And yeah, over time in 2019, I, my implants were actually recalled. So for causing breast implant associated lymphoma, so that's cancer of your immune system. Now the infection that I had was about 0.1%. So very, very slim chances. And then the fact that I, the type of implant I have, which is silicon, it's under the muscle and it also caused an infection um, that puts me in the high risk for developing this lymphoma. Now, it is different to normal cancer, but it's still quite serious and it can definitely get into your lymphatic system. Now, I got the letter of, uh, from the recall in 2019 and they just said, you're in the high risk, just keep an eye out for any changes. I then started noticing lumps through my lymph nodes, through my chest wall, and I just said, I'm just going to wait a little bit and something bad happens. Like, I'm not ready to do this yet. Like, I'm not ready. And... Um, then I just kept noticing these lumps. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in. And I got an ultrasound. And I, to my knowledge, I thought I was just getting one scanned. But then they called me in the next week and I was sitting on the table for close to an hour and a half getting multiple biopsies through my armpits, around my breast um, area and my chest. And I remember crying on the table, which is – I felt dramatic at the time, but I was like, am I seriously still putting myself through this? And this was last year. So I was 23. So a few years after um, everything. And I just was lying on the table. I'm like, I can't do this for much longer, but I'm just going to keep trying, keep pushing. Saw a naturopath to help heal my gut. Again, it was a band-aid. Didn't really help. I then started experiencing quite a few panic attacks. The anxiety got a lot worse. My breathing got a lot worse. I sometimes, like for example, I was at Zara shopping with my friends and I just said, guys, I can't breathe right now. And then they were like, no, you, like it's fine. You're okay. And I was like, no, I actually can't. And I stepped out and I, I just feel like 
I've got an elephant foot on my chest holding me down. And that's just progressively gotten worse. So right now I get some hate for people saying I'm doing too much, but I feel like the moment I stop, it's all going to stop. I need to keep this momentum up because I just feel like the moment I let my body relax, I just won't be able to get back to where I am right now. And I have officially made the decision to remove my implants. It was about a year process to get in contact with my surgeon. The same one? Same one. And I thought you put implants in, you just take them out nice and easy. But no, there's so many more complications with an explant. And I then went to get a few referrals from really reputable surgeons through Perth and no one could tell me what I wanted to hear. They all said, you don't have any breast tissue, you're really slim, your implant has scar tissue around it that's attached to your pec major, your pec minor, your intercostals and your ribs. That There's a fine wall that separates your heart and lungs from your implants and that all needs to be removed. So there's a lot of complications that come with the procedure. And then I was like, okay, I'm a little bit scared now, tape it off a little bit and just try to think about what I really needed to do and wanted to do. And um, so then, yeah, I decided to just go for it. And I think with anything from this journey, it's everything happens for a reason, as cliche as that sounds. And I don't think I ever would have learnt what's important without going through any of that. So, yeah. Going into this at 18, obviously you had all these moments leading up to you making this decision. How much of the risks were you aware of? None. It's such a common procedure. You see literally every second woman is probably thinking about plastic surgery or they've got it or their mum or their sister or whoever. It's so common and no one was talking about complications. The conversation has started now and unfortunately I'm just the one that got caught up in it but I'm glad that I can now share my journey. But when I was 18, it wasn't mentioned in the consult. Breast implant illness isn't actually recognised. It's quite new and there's not enough research backing it because it does fall under your mental health, sort of depression, anxiety, fatigue, things like that, but then also autoimmune responses. So it's hard to put it into one diagnosis. It can fall under so many different things. So that's why... We're a bit behind in terms of that and our healthcare system doesn't recognise it. So women who are experiencing breast implant illness have to pay just as much to remove their implants as they did to get them put in. Is that so, what you did? No. I So I paid 13000 for my original surgery and then the rest were covered by insurance because I had an infection. So I went through the emergency system and that was fine. But then now... One surgeon quoted me around 15000 through a private hospital. But because this has all happened quite quickly, I didn't think to upgrade my health insurance and I'm only covered for, um, or, is it auxiliary? Yeah. And um, so that there is already a massive financial stress because if I get stuck in hospital with the same complications I had, which they never actually found out why I reacted the way I did, then I'm paying $1,400 per night. I need to stay in hospital. So I was like, okay, I'm not in a financial position to do that. 
And then my original surgeon said that he could remove them, but he said that he would have to leave 30 to 40% of the capsule in my body. And the capsule, what that is, is the scar tissue your body forms around the implant to protect itself from a foreign object. But the implants are releasing these negative toxins and they are still caught in the capsule. So if you leave a part of that capsule in, there's a few um, hypotheses that you will still have the symptoms that you're experiencing, even if you remove the implants. So there's not much benefit of doing that. So then I was like, okay, so he's telling me that he's going to have to leave a part in my body, but then there's no point. And then the other surgeons were quoting me like ridiculous amounts of money and they only agreed to do it out of a private hospital, not through the public system. But then my surgeon took about like five or six appointments of me going in and asking questions and I finally felt comfortable to go with him. And I do feel in really safe hands. I know he looked after me when I was in hospital the first time. And I just need to trust the process and trust his skills. But I'm going through the public system and they've, with my history of um, health issues, they've recognised it as breast reconstruction. So it's no, not a cosmetic procedure for That's me. Lucky. So I'm really lucky. Do, yeah. you, do you resent your surgeon? I don't. I speak very highly of him. I just think that now I know what I know. I think he made a bad judgment call. I was his first patient and I still am to have any complications whatsoever. And I remember he got a few second and third opinions when I was in hospital with the infections and they all said, just pump her with antibiotics. Like don't do another procedure, just pump her with antibiotics and leave it in, like leave them in. But what I think, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I what I think would have been the best um, outcome for that is to remove the implant and let my body heal. In hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. But he did what he thought was best at that moment and considering how they look and the scars, he did an epic job. Um, but right now it's just the pros outweigh the um, – sorry, the cons outweigh the pros. And yep. with this next procedure – He's agreed that he's going to be aggressive with the removal, so I need to take it easy. Um, but what that means is he will try and remove the full capsule, 100% of it. It's just only if it's safe to do so along my ribs and intercostals and things like that. So um, he was really great and actually showed me a few examples of a woman that's my size and um, composition, and I could see firsthand, okay, I know what he's talking about now because – it is a really thin line and it can be quite damaging. You hear a lot of women that can get punctured lungs from procedures like that. So, yeah, I trust that he knows what I want and I know that he'll do a good job. Have mm. you spoken to any other women in your situation? Yes, there's a few support pages and um, on Facebook they have hundreds of thousands of women in there. I've reached out to a few through Instagram who I know have been open and honest about their whole experience. But I think it's good to have that support network around you and just to know that you're being understood and validated with what you're feeling. But you also need to be careful because just because someone goes through something doesn't make them a doctor. So I find that if I post a question soon after, I quite regret it because people are telling me things that I don't necessarily agree with or I think mm, that doesn't sound quite right. But if you're not really well educated in the area, it can be quite damaging. So 
the support groups are great maybe to just talk to someone through your journey but to not look for I guess advice and medical yeah advice yeah just stick to your kind of yeah. neck of the woods yeah um, yeah what do you have to say about uh women who didn't experience these complications who still have breast implants I mean each to their own I can imagine of some of them listening to this going, oh, lucky that's not me. Yeah. What do you have to say to them? Well, firstly, I'm jealous because <laughs> like I'd be lying if I said that there haven't been any positives out of it. I, Since having implants, I've been working as a fitness model. I've been working as a swimmer model, lingerie model, all the things that I wanted. And um, I felt beautiful. Like I felt confident in my skin. So there's been a lot of benefits but I guess I'd I'd just be I guess envious I know that might sound wrong but I just no one deserves the short stick (laughs) and I just sometimes I used to question why me and now it's become very clear I've been going to a lot of therapy not so much about plastic surgery but just about self-worth and just childhood trauma and things like that and I don't think I ever would have learned that I'm enough if I didn't go through all of this because I know that like my body's been fighting and I'm like, okay, it's strong. I can do this. I don't need implants to make me feel enough. I already am. So it's, it's been quite, um, yeah, surreal because it just brings back a newfound confidence that I don't think I ever would have had before. Yeah. But you mm. you do come back to the, the cons outweigh the pros. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I think like what you said, each to their own, there's a lot of benefits to plastic surgery. Um, it's just, I think it's important to be aware of the possible complications. Yep. Mm. So how do you see yourself after surgery going back to where you were at 18? How does that make you feel in a way that, you know, there's not going to be potentially any opportunities like you're currently getting because of these implants. How do you feel about that? I don't really remember what I felt like before my implants. I don't know myself without them. I know that might sound funny, but I really don't. And I think if I'm not good enough to shoot someone's campaign because I don't have boobs, they're not the people for me. And... I left my modelling agency because I was sick of going to auditions and knowing like I've got stuff to offer, but they didn't want to hear any of it. They just look at you and say, you're not the one for this job. So I think gradually I've built this confidence up within myself to know that I'm way more than what I look like. And I'm just really excited to get my strength back. I'm really hoping that my fatigue just blows over and that I start to feel like myself again because I honestly haven't felt like myself for six years. So I'm really excited and I think with my career and the platform that I've built, people know what I've been going through and they don't have anything really negative to say at all. They Mm. are all really supportive which is really beautiful. You don't need those negatives anyway. No, and And I've uh, had a photographer as well. He um, does a story on scars and he has reached out to me and said, I want to share your story. And I was like, what? That's that's insane. 
Um, but it makes me feel just really proud of everything that's happened. And I think it's definitely going to be confrontational to have the scars going to be about double in length. It's going to be confrontational and a keloid scar as well. So it won't be very pretty, but it's also just something to symbolize everything that I've been through and know I can get through the next hurdle. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a new journey. I'm excited for you. Yeah. So you have a you have a 17 slash 18 year old, probably 18 year old, because that's when you have allowed to have surgery for mm. this, right? And she wants the implants for the same reasons. What do you tell her? Just give yourself time. Personally, I think 18 is way too young to make a decision that big, and. I mean, I'd love it if they at least just change it to 21. You're so impressionable at that age. You're fresh out of school. I mean, I'm sure you know all about this. Fresh out of school. I couldn't even imagine what it's like now. I mean, social media was just kind of coming out when I was leaving school, but I could, I could not imagine how it is now. And I just think if you give yourself, just give yourself three years and I bet you're going to change your mind in three years time. Yeah. And I think at 21, I would have because I would have, been able to find other ways to make me feel beautiful and confident. And it's definitely not that. And it's also not the people that I was surrounding myself with. Your circle changes, your influences change. So, yeah, I would just would have said just wait three years and then if you're still like, no, I want it, then go for it. But if not, then at least you had a well-thought-out like time frame. I agree. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of other scenarios without dipping into them because there's labels in 2022 that are a lot quicker and more harsh to be put on people for commenting about this sort of stuff. Mm. But for you that's been in that journey, who's done that and come back and said, just wait because you're a lot more impressionable when you're younger is, is very, very responsible. Mm. I think that whatever you want to do to your body, whatever it is, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but just like implants at 18, it's way too early. Yeah. Because you're still not emotionally mature enough. Yeah. And what you've just shared is a perfect example of one instance, one one case, part of your body that, you know, it wasn't the be all end all. Mm. And others can argue that it was. Yeah. But the moral of the story is wait, really wait. So when you were doing your um, uh, Miss Universe, mm. how did that feel when you got to the top? You said you like being on top. How did that feel once you got there? Well, I didn't quite get there, but I did place a lot higher than what I thought I was going to. And how many? Ch- how many were there? How many did you compete against? Thirty nationally. Yeah. But there would be hundreds. And you came fourth. Yes, when I was twenty. Yeah. And um, I just remember, just yeah, being proud of everything that I had been through, and just being like, okay, this is what you needed to find that spark again—the spark that I was talking about. But again, like I said, that wave sort of passed and then the other issues started to creep in again and then I felt like I was back at square one. 
And I got back with that boyfriend. So that wasn't the best idea either. So it's just, (laughs) again, during that age, there's just so many ups and downs. You're just getting pulled in different directions. You don't know which decision is the best one to make. And it's just, yeah. And then last year I competed again. So it was my second time. And last year I can definitely say was the worst mental health year that I've ever experienced because of other reasons. And I I don't know why I always do this, but I decided, yep, I'm going to enter Miss Universe Australia because it worked back then. So it's going to work now. It's going to pull me out of this rut and show me like I'm worth it. Like I'm worthy. I can do it. And I placed first in Western Australia. I was titled Miss West Coast. So that was a massive accomplishment for myself. And again, placed nationally. But then again, it was that Band-Aid and I had my doctor in my ear saying, this is your last hurrah with the boobs and then they need to come out because these lumps aren't going away. Um, So, yeah, Miss Universe was a great way for me to, I guess, strut my stuff and to talk about the things I was passionate about. But I also feel like a bit of a contradiction because I would say health is your wealth, yet I allowed a foreign object to remain toxic in my body because I was too scared to remove them at that time. You were a different person six years ago. Yeah. So that's your that's your scapegoat out of that one. <laughs> You're not a contradiction. You're a, well, you, this is last year too. Well, So yeah. if anything, I've started preaching health as wealth more. <sighs> but then again, I've definitely been too scared to bite the bullet and remove them. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If only we could see the alternate universe – years from now mm. but that's the beauty of life it's it's everything's risky right yeah what's next for you now that you've gone through this obviously you've got your surgery coming up yes very soon mm-hmm. after that after recovery what's your what's your play so I'm definitely going to lay low for my recovery and just take it super duper easy but my goal is to take my new business just digital. I want to create online workouts and be able to travel around the world with that. I've had a really epic international offer come up. So I potentially might not be here, but um, yeah, that's a little bit, that's just on the cards right now. But other than that, it's to just get back to my true self. I'm just really excited to just Even if my symptoms don't go away, I just know there's something else that I need to find. But the first thing I need to do is just remove them and just take the step forward from there. And then I just feel like I'll definitely be able to put my all into my business, into my fitness, into just my health without a doom cloud over my head, because that's what it's felt like. I've known in the back of my mind, this isn't working and it's going to have to change soon. But there's never a right time to get surgery. There's never a right time to take time off work. It's such a fast place, fast paced world that you feel like if you stop, you're going to fall behind. So I'm really glad I've decided to lock it in and it's happened quite quickly. Surgery was approved within one night when they told me it would be 12 months. So it's happened very quickly. And um, yeah, I think for good reason, it's time for me to get back to my authentic self. So you're still on the journey of discovery. Oh, 100%. Aren't we all? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are all. I feel like when I was in my 20s, I'm only 31, I jumped and went back and forth in so many different directions. Um, I think I changed careers maybe five times. Mm. 
And at 31, I still, you know, I'm going, what's next? I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but also being more emotionally mature than I was 10, 15 years ago, the decisions are a lot more calculated to go happiness comes first. Um, there's a bit of selfishness in that yeah. because if I'm not happy, I can't help anybody else because I'm miserable, right? So I feel like you're on that same similar pathway. Congratulations on this opportunity coming up. That's exciting. Hopefully keen to it hear, works out. Yeah, keen Stay to tuned. hear more about it, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, for the next, I mean, up until you're 30, you're just going to keep going. You got your Pilates. Mm. You're enjoying that. I see all the posts all the time doing twists and stuff. I had to go myself and it was Did fun. Did a great job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're developing that. And you, you've recently left a studio? Yes. So to start my own business, I left the studio where it all began. It's the place that I did my first reformer Pilates session. It's where the passion and love started. And yeah, I just said it was time to move on. I kind of reached my cap at that place and just thought I'm ready to do my own thing. And it just kind of sounds bad, but it fell all into my lap. But I think that's when you know the timing's right. Mm. That's a big one because this is now an entrepreneurial conversation. Yes. What is the, how do you know the time is right? The correct answer for me is you never know, you just do it. Mm. But for you, it's a big, like, it was a scary thing for me because I used to be a personal trainer. Yeah. And I used to work at a gym and then I moved into my own studio, you know. How did you know that it was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to jump right now. I'm really fortunate for my friends and my family and honestly just random people that I would see out, they would be drunk and they would come up to me and be like, I love your videos. I love how you work the reformer. I want to come train with you. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Come to this studio at this time. And I'll like, this is the classes I take and it just wouldn't work. So that started happening more and more, especially this year. And then TikTok became a massive um, influence as well. My partner was epic and he was the one that told me, you need to get on TikTok. You need to start promoting what you're all about. And then it wouldn't really be if if he didn't push me that I don't think I would be in this position. My guy. Shout outs. Shout outs. Come on, give him a shout out. (laughs) Jake Atkinson. You're a good egg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think I would be in the position I am if it weren't for social media being such a great tool and just the people that are around me that pay attention and care. I had, yeah, Jake, my partner. I had my close friends, my family, all just being like, people love you. They love what you're doing. Do more. But again, I reached my cap at the studio I was at and I just said, okay, there's only a certain limit I can reach. Um, So now if I do my own thing, there's no limit. Yeah. I'm excited for you. And where can we find your uh, setup? So my Balance by Bailey is my business and that's where I'll have my website, hopefully a podcast coming soon as well and all my Pilates things. But my personal account's just Bailey underscore Saltmarsh. So I'm pretty active on there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, can anybody do the Pilates? I think we've proven today that anyone can. <laughs> no, you did a great job. Um, yeah. Pilates is for everyone. It's a low impact form of exercise and you can do the fundamentals all the way through to advance. There's always a way to make it harder and just cater to the certain individual. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. actually stoked that I was actually 
able to fit on the machine. Yeah. When you readjusted it to my height, I was like, did they make it enough? But yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. I I think a few machines definitely would fall short. I think that's (laughs) maybe a gap in the market, but yeah, the machine that I've got, Resist Pilates, I'll give them a (laughs) little shout out. Um, Yeah. It's a great machine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What do you see yourself doing in five years time? Five years. I, my main goal is to work for myself. And to, like I said, travel anywhere in the world. Five years, I hope to start having a family. And um, I just hope to be well-traveled and to have my career up and running by then. I hope this international offer goes ahead because it's a pretty epic one. Um, And again, if it doesn't, everything happens for a reason. There's just something else that's more aligned. But yeah, definitely just embodying wellness and promoting it with as many people as I can and helping as many people as I can too. Excellent, excellent. Mm. Happy? Yeah. You happy? I am. It's taken a long time to feel happy within myself or content within myself. I feel like I've just been playing, I say tug of war, just because I'm like constantly just fighting against what decision is the right one to make. And then since confirming my surgery, I'm just like, oh, Literal weight lifted off my chest (laughs) soon. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I'm really excited. I just think that it's been a long time coming and should have probably happened a lot sooner, but I don't think I was ready. So yeah, onwards and upwards. Would you ever do it again? Yes. Like straight off the bat, yes. I think... um, Would you ever do it later on again? Oh, I've had that option, but I don't think... Again, it sounds cliche. I'm all about cliches, but I wouldn't be the person I am today without going through everything that I have. Very true. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have entered Miss Universe. I probably wouldn't be with my current partner. Like nothing would be how it is right now. And I love how it is right now. This is how it's meant to be. So I wouldn't change a thing, but I do think for others, the most important thing I can say is just do your research, make sure you're aware. And if it's still something that you want, go for gold but as long as you have that awareness. Yeah. I love that. And you give yourself that time. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And if you had one more thing to tell people about anything, one piece of advice, what would it be? Stumps. You pretty much, you pretty much covered it. I liked it. Talk about self-worth maybe. Self-worth. Self-worth. I want to make it more lighthearted. How do you know you found yourself, like how, how do you make yourself more, like w- feel feel more worthy without the validation of other people? COVID was a really epic time to sit with yourself <laughs> and I was made redundant or I lost my job um, and I was studying from home and things like that. So I was spending a lot of time with myself And I honestly, that was the time I became best friends with myself because I would go on walks. I'd listen to podcasts. Self-development is huge. And I was journaling and that's where it all kind of started, the self-love journey. But then when life started to pick up again, I let the tools that I had then introduced kind of slip. And then I started to fall deeper and deeper and deeper into more mental health issues and So I'd say the journey to self-love starts with awareness 
And it also starts with a will to want to change and to want to learn and to be confronted with the parts of yourself that you're afraid to see and to let out. My mum <laughs> says, in order to heal, you have to feel. And that stuck with me. Um, and I think it's really important because, yeah, she's made me just peel back the layers and go to therapy and just peel back the layers. And I'm, yeah, uncovered things that I had no idea I was suppressing. So that's where self-love starts for me. Yeah. Are you journaling now? I've started again and on days where I don't, I think to myself three, three, three things I'm grateful for. And hopefully I get the time to write it down, but sometimes leaving the morning at like 5 a.m., it's the last thing I really want to do is whip out a pen and paper, but just try to say three things in my head that I'm grateful for and that's just the minimum I need to do for the day. But I do know that journaling is a really awesome tool where I can get my thoughts down and you just start scribbling and then there's things that come up and you're like, I had no idea I was even, that was on my mind. They say that we don't use like 90% and is that your, no, you use 5% of your subconscious mind? Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, Jordan Peterson talks about this where, yeah. where um, if, you, if, you, uh, if you can write down what you think, yeah. you actually conceptualise a lot better. Yeah. So that's why journaling is important. Matthew McConaughey yeah. has been doing it for over 30 years. Yeah. He's been going and journaling, the reflect, reflecting on his good and bad, bad. times yeah. or bad and good times. Mm. And he didn't used to journal the good times because they were good. Yeah. But the reason why he started again was, and this is what he said, um, why would you not reference the good times, everything you're feeling, smelling, doing, acting, your habits in that yeah. time because one day those good times will change. Mm-hmm. But if you've recorded them, you're going to go back to them and going to go, oh, well, I'm not doing any of these right now. Of course bad times are happening because I'm not in sync with the good times, yeah. with what I was doing in the good times. So that's why it's important to journal because recording the bad times is just venting on a piece of paper. Yeah. And obviously sharing with people as well, but it makes you feel better. You start problem solving from it. But then if you're looking at the good times, you remind yourself, oh, okay, I'm out of sync. Mm. Do you feel like you're out of sync sometimes? All the time. And what do you do to change that? I strip it back to the basics. So if I'm feeling like I'm struggling to keep my head above water, then I'm like, okay, what makes me feel good? And that's getting my steps in, it's getting fresh air, it's getting sun in my eyes, it's training, it's going to bed at a reasonable hour and getting sleep, Um, eating really nutritious meals. Those are the things that make me feel like my best. And then from there I start to add the more fluffy stuff on top. But there's that epic book, um, Atomic Habits. That's a really great read and um, it's really important to just implement that morning and night routine it's a great way to set yourself up for success and I know yeah when I'm slipping a little bit that's what I need to focus on yeah and it kind of pulls me back in holds me accountable as well another thing that has really helped in terms of if we go like towards body image and self-worth and love another thing that's really helped me is not training with mirrors now at gyms, there's mirrors literally all around you. At Pilates Studios, there's mirrors all around as well. But I've started training without them because I don't want to be focused on what I look like in the mirror. I want to focus on what my body's feeling and the strength I'm feeling yeah. from the weights I'm lifting and things like that. And that's been a really 
nice change. And I feel like a lot of benefits coming from that too. So you, yeah, you feel like you're more uh, in the moment. You have that mindfulness with... Mindfulness. Mindfulness is huge. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing with Pilates. It's connecting your mind and body. It's integrating the two systems. So it's a really beautiful form of practice that requires a lot of focus because if you don't focus and you're thinking about other things that are going on, you're not going to be doing the movement right and your body's going to feel that it's not right. So it's that feedback. And yeah. 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 Mm. Get off your phone before you go to bed. Yeah. For, me, for me, the biggest one is working back late because I've got international clients mm. and that's just like last night I just said, no, nah, I'm going to bed at 9.30. I was at the movies and I actually walked out of the movies for the first time since I can remember. I'm not going to talk about the movie, but it was terrible. <laughs> it was not what I thought it would be. But um, I walked out and it was a full pack. It was a premiere. Mm. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> it's on my Instagram actually. Oh, then people are going to go check that out now. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, no, hate. I was just, it wasn't for me. Anyway, I got home early and I was stoked mm. because I was like, yes, I can work. And then I was like, I'm actually really tired now. So then I went to sleep. And I woke up this morning and it was great. And my, my habit that I know that if I snooze, it's out of sync for the rest of the day. Mm. And that battle, it's that battle to get up and get vertical, you know, and then go, because I have my phone out of the room. That's smart. It's then always it forces you to yeah, get up I, with the alarm. Yeah, and I, yeah. Put it, I put it on this box and when it vibrates, it's like, mm, and you have to get up, you have to get up. And my wife, she just like, she sleeps in a little bit. Um, she wakes up at her time and then I can't come back in the room because if I do, I still do sometimes, but if I come back in, I just like, it's just, you're not, you're not starting properly. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my big ones that I would suggest yeah, um, people really take one. on. And then um, just looking at habits in general, whatever you're doing right now, uh, is it, propelling you to where you want to be are you main questing or are you side questing side quests are like procrastination pieces but if you're focusing more on procrastinating or side quests not 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 in particular like they're a waste of time re-evaluate your main quest mm. is actually is that actually what you want to do so when I was a teacher I was always thinking about photography okay, let's make that the main quest and make teaching the side quest. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I actually don't want to get paid for photography. I just want to do it. I don't like the stress of the, the job because I would take the photos and then when I would edit them, I hated it because I was like, oh, I have to make it right for them. And then I'd procrastinate and do side quests, making TikToks and stuff. So then I made that my main quest and here I am, you know, doing podcasts and stuff yeah. and creating content. So that's, that's what, what's my journey. But enough about me. This is about you. What has been like another side quest of yours during this journey that you kind of, do you have any like, like, oh, I'm going to do this for a bit. I think things pop up here and there. There were a few opportunities that started to arise completely different from fitness. And I was going to do it because I was too scared to start my own thing. But then I decided not to. I'm like, no, that's not like what you said. It's not aligned with who I want to be. It's not aligned with where I want to be. And then 
I started studying, so I'm currently completing a degree in journalism and marketing. That is a side quest because it's something that I can just do at my own pace and it just holds me a little bit accountable with deadlines and things like that. But I know that I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And that's another thing. I took my time going to uni because, yeah, you just change so much in that three years. At first, I first applied for physiotherapy and then never accepted my offer. And then now I'm doing something in the arts and humanities, like so different. But um, yeah, that's my little side thing at the moment that I really enjoy. Um, trying to think of other little side quests. That's all right. I, that's, a, that's a big one you touched on with uh, university. Yeah. Don't get into university straight away because, yeah. again, you're so impressionable when you're younger. I hate the fact that people think that it's a good idea to go straight from one institution, educational institution, to another mm. without taking a break. Yeah. And I've spoken to mums about this. Some agree. Some are very, and there's a cultural thing too, which I get and I respect. But at the same time, at the end of the day, your kid's happiness is the most important thing. You don't know what your kid's happiness is. You don't know 100% know. My mum was like, get a job or go to uni. The best thing she ever told me, get a job or go to uni. When I was 18, I got a job and I was sweet. And then I was main questing that, side questing that up until now. I got, and I went to uni at 24. Yeah, I was I, 21. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's an important one. That's yeah. a huge, huge one. And you enjoy it more because you had a little bit more time to think about it. Um, but why did you decide on journalism? Why did you decide on marketing? I decided on journalism for a few reasons. When I was 18 and living in Sydney, I was staying just temporarily with a um, TV presenter and she was really successful and really beautiful. And I just loved the whole idea of being in front of a camera. Uh, and she was the like adventure girl, I guess. So she would always be in different scenarios, doing different things. And I'm an adrenaline junkie at heart. So that just really called out to me and that's what inspired me. And then that's where it started from there. I entered Miss Universe Australia. So I was 20 years old and that's a lot of public speaking. It's a lot of interviews and... I guess a lot of people skills from there. I got into Pilates and again, you're standing in front of a room trying to guide 12 people, sometimes more through a workout and you need to be well presented. You need to be articulate, things like that. And then, so I said, okay, communication skills and people skills come together. Journalism. My uh, dad is also in the defense and We've gone through a few ups and downs, <laughs> a few up downs lasting a few years, but that was also another major factor because I want to travel and be able to report on the things that I think we're sheltered from here. And I guess that goes into correspondence and that's another major personal goal for me. Maybe that is a little bit selfish, but it goes back to awareness and understanding. I want to do it because I need to prove to myself that I can put myself in that sort of situation and handle it and that pressure, but also understanding because I need to know why my family is the way that they are and that heals my trauma. So journalism is very broad and it's a way that I can combine my passion for health and wellness with my podcast, my blog, just sharing what I do on socials. That is all a form of journalism 
And then it can go to the more serious end where it is the correspondence. It's talking about the really sensitive issues that, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about much here in Perth. They don't. No. Hence why we're here. Yeah. I'll create, I'll, I'll create <laughs> the platform. We're very fortunate. And then you and then everybody else that has a specific way of doing it, they yeah. do it. They just need to create habits, mm. get that equipment from under the bed yeah, and start talking. And then marketing, that popped up because just a job role I had and I really enjoyed the creative side of like Facebook posts and just the play on words and things like that. And I was like, okay, so down the track, I want my own business. What can I do with journalism that's going to benefit me in the future for what I want to do? And that was marketing. I feel like if you know how to sell and you know how to market, it's really two important skills to have. Welcome. Mm. Welcome to the world. <laughs> and again, I wouldn't have learned that if I went to uni at 18. Like <laughs> I know everyone's different, but I don't think I would have had that. Like, yeah. I had a lot of friends uh, who went to uni at 18 who either hate their job now that required their degree, left uni altogether before it finished, or um, they are currently in a job that they have nothing to do with their degree. Yeah. You can argue that the four years <laughs> that they took to learn that, you know, was where they, they're at now. Um, or you can say that you could have done such a quicker, fast track sort of strategy where instead of going straight to uni, you do a, like a work placement or a mm. work experience. And they do this at schools. Mm. But it's like, okay, what is the day-to-day -day of the job that you're trying to get this degree for? Yeah. Do it first. Like just shadow someone, then tell me you like it a week later. Tell me that that's what you want to do for a good period of time. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it's happiness. Happiness is everything. Yeah. Happiness is everything. So. It is. In, in, in summary, we talked about today. A lot. Talked about your journey from uh, as an 18-year-old getting breast implants and now taking them out next week. In 12 days, so In 12 just the days. week after, yes. Yeah, and then we talked about your uh, your journey uh, through that and your uh, experiences, uh, Miss Universe uh, Australia or Western Australia, Miss West Coast, <laughs> your journey through that. And we also talked about, uh, yeah, just self-awareness, self-worth and uh, your finding your passion, finding your love for in, in the health and fitness uh, space and then wherever else you're going to go to next. I'm super keen. Mm. And uh, let's do a follow-up. Yes. Let's see I'm how excited. you feel. Um, give you give you a good couple of months to heal. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see where you're at. Mm. Um, any last sort of remarks? Any Anything? How do you feel being on the podcast, on a podcast for the first time? I know. Time? It's, I, I've loved it. It's, um, it's nice to have a conversation and to just open up and be raw. I think... It's rewarding being vulnerable because I know that even in like, I love the cliches, but if it helps one person, then that's my job well done. And I know that I've received a lot of great feedback from what I've been sharing. Just even just talking about it, if I don't have all the scientific terms down pat, like it's not about that. It's just people want to know that if they're going through the same thing, that they're not alone. So I think that's really important. And yeah, it's really nice. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. I've appreciated it. All right. In the description, you know where to go. All the details are in there and uh, all the other stuff that I always mention, like 
five-star reviews if you like the convos. If you have any other questions you ask myself or Bailey, hit her up. And uh, other than that, as always, good thanks. Thank you.